0: Welcome, my name is Dan Morgan, and thank you for tuning in to the Podcast Potables Network, home of both Process Potables and The Brew Coats. We are proud to be part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family. You can find all things Underground Sports Philadelphia on Twitter, at UndergroundPHI. We would also like to thank Design Tree for being a partner of the Podcast Potables Network. You can find shirts from us and much, much more at designtree.com and at designtree on Twitter. We are on social media, including Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Process Potables. Thank you to everybody for listening, and please, if you haven't already, subscribe, leave a five star rating, and write a review. We'll get you right into the episode in just a minute, but first, our friends in the presence of wolves. (laughs) Hello everybody and welcome to the second episode of the Brewcoats podcast. My name is Dan Morgan, your host, and I appreciate everybody tuning in today. We're going to start off this episode talking about the NBA G League Winter Showcase, which the Blue Coats were at, as well as the rest of the teams from the G League. Unfortunately for the Bluecoats, Coats, the tournament didn't really go their way, losing both their games in the tournament, but wanted to explain to everybody exactly what this tournament kind of is. And... For anyone that's familiar with the NBA and the discussions about what they want to implement, this seems like a similar kind of idea. For the G League, it seems much more lucrative, first of all, because all these players are looking for opportunities. And this is a tremendous scouting event for everybody. And a lot of players in past years have been able to show off their skill sets. And the ones that have played really well have often been able to work their way into roles with teams, whether that be via free agency or coming up for 10 days or two-way contracts, all of the opportunities that League players are afforded. This is a great place for teams to get a good look at everybody in a small window. So the way that they format this is that they rank the teams 1 through 20 on their records through the first 12 regular season games. The top 4 ranked teams are placed into the championship bracket while the remaining 24 teams are placed into 6-14 brackets. Unfortunately for the Blue Coats, they ended up 5th, so they're just outside that championship bracket and then unfortunately again go on to lose both of their games. They had won seven in a row going into that, so they were on quite a streak. That seven-game winning streak stemmed all the way back from November 29th and went all the way up into the showcase. So entering last night's game against the Skyhawks, they had lost two in a row, both of the games being from this winter showcase. The winner of the showcase was the Salt Lake City Stars, and the reward for winning this is that everybody on the team gets a $100,000 prize. So we've heard the same thing with the NBA about trying to offer some kind of financial incentive, and a lot of people seem to agree that they don't know that there's really a way that that's going to be enough for NBA players to potentially go out there and get hurt and not be ready for the playoffs, risk injury, things like that. So it'll remain to be seen if this is something that can work at the NBA level, but it does seem very beneficial for the G League. I asked Coach Connor Johnson before last night's game against the Skyhawks, What changed from their seven-game winning streak to that two-game losing streak? And if there was something that they had to do to get back on track or if maybe just this anomaly in the schedule of this tournament maybe had something to do with it. And this is what Coach Johnson had to say. So you won seven in a row before that. You lost those games there. Is there anything that you have to get back to that you saw in those two games that you think you, you need to change, or do you think maybe just that like anomaly in the schedule might have had something uh, to do with it?
1: I think we can always get better. There's always room for improvement. That's why these guys are here to kind of develop and get better every day. I thought we played two very good teams really played things. And we didn't play our best. I think there's things we can clean up on both ends. But the Stockton team was very talented. The main team is very good as well. And we lost one game in overtime, one game by three points. Is that good enough for us? No, I think our guys are disappointed by those results. But we're not going to, I don't think, need to reinvent the wheel of what we're doing. I think we're on the right track of where we want to be, especially
0: defensively, as of late. And we've got to keep doing that. Some of the Sixers that did have very good results at this showcase, one was Shake Milton, who was on assignment from the 76ers. He led the team in scoring in both games, scoring 32 and 27 respectively, all while coming off the bench. Chris Kumaje was also a great contributor at this tournament. In a game against the Stockton Kings, he tied the franchise record with seven blocks. The other record holder, Norvell Pell, who's currently finding his way into the Sixers' backup center rotation right now. He's done it three times in his career. More on Kumaje, he only averages about 23 minutes a game at this point, but he has moved up to 11th in the G League in rebounding with 10 per game. I asked Coach Johnson about Kumaji's growth and development since the beginning of the season as a guy who seemed like he was only playing sparing minutes and wasn't contributing all that much into a guy that is now the starting center and is getting plenty of run and was a big reason why the Bluecoats were able to go on that seven-game winning streak prior to the tournament. And this is what Coach Johnson had to say in regards to the growth of Christ Kumaje. You talked about the bigs. Uh, what's the biggest growth factor you've seen in Kumaje since the beginning of the season it seems like he, I think he's like top 12 in rebounding now in the league and he's had to adjust to Hell being here not being here to yes. you know Bolden coming down here and there so what have you seen in his growth from the beginning of the season until now I think the number
1: one thing he's gotten better at is not fouling was a major source of concern this summer in the summer league coming into the season and I think both him and Durrell have picked their spots of being rim protectors without every drive into them being a foul. I think they've shown a lot more discipline around the rim. I think like you said there's been a lot of ups and downs and some guys have played. Durrell's played well at times. Chris has played well at times. Norvell's showed up here and there when he's not playing with the scissors which makes it tough but at the same time I think those guys are getting better especially as rim protectors and that's something
0: Despite Coach Johnson's praise, however, Kumaje did foul out of last night's game against the College Park Skyhawks, but we'll get to that later. I may have had something to do with a little bit of a jinx there, so I apologize. I apologize to Coach Johnson after the game as well for what it's worth, so I take full responsibility for bringing that up. Xavier Munford has been another great contributor for the Bluecoats as well. He is up to 11th in the G League in assists at 7.1 per game, and he also averages 19.4 points. So, Munford doing a great job as the starting point guard for the Bluecoats. Coach Johnson was also asked about the growth of Zaire Smith, who we all know Sixers fans are desperately looking for answers to his growth, when he could potentially be up with the team, things like that. So, Coach Johnson talking about the growth of Zaire Smith down in the G League up to this point. Yeah. I know you always at, like, "So you're defensively where they want yeah. him to be," but do you see growth in his offensive game? Because I think
1: that's part of what he needs to be as a perimeter back. Yeah. yeah, I think he's gotten a lot better. I think he's gotten better driving the ball. I think he's more aggressive, getting in the paint. I think he's been uh, more. He's been relying more on the athleticism when he gets in there of just knowing that he's bigger, he's stronger, he can jump higher, and he's going to go make plays. So I think he's been, in his 20, 25 minutes that he's been playing, his offense has been productive. I think he's picking the right times. I think he gets better every day in his decision-making and what he's doing. So I think there's lots of room for optimism, and he should be happy about how he's progressing each time.
0: So that leads us to last night's matchup with the College Park Skyhawks. Unfortunately, the Bluecoots fell. To College Park 132 to 125, and this was truly the story of two different halves for both teams, if we're talk if we're being honest. The first half ended 79 to 78 Delaware on a Mario Shayok three at the buzzer to give the Blue Coats the lead. Shayok scored twenty-one points in the first half and blue and the Blue Coats led by one. The game ends 132 to 125, so a combined 157 points in the first half, but only 100 points scored in the second half. So both teams clamped down a little bit. Also some offensive struggles, especially for the Bluecoats. Mariel Shack only had 8 points in the second half, giving him 29 for the game. Chris Kumaje, as we mentioned, he had 15 points, but he did foul out in this one. Xavier Munford had 17. Jared Brownridge and Haywood Highsmith both contributed 18. The College Park Skyhawks were led by Tajir McCall, who had 28 points, as well as former Process Sixer Cat Barber, who scored 23 for College Park. Jason Blevins of the Painted Lines asked Coach Johnson about the team's second half struggles on offense, and this is what Coach Johnson had to say: Second half, uh, 46 points. Scored in second half, after
1: I thought we had a couple bad pockets where we didn't, we didn't run anything. We got, got caught in a half court for 20 seconds. I think that a
0: There was also a lot of speculation from the fact that Jonah Bolden, who did play in the first half for the Blue Coats, did not return for the second half to play, nor was he on the bench. We weren't sure if maybe sometimes when you see this, there could be some trade rumors swirling or anything like that. It was brought to our attention on Twitter and One reporter did get the chance to ask Coach Johnson about the Bolden injury after the game. You can decide for yourself how you interpret Coach's tone on this one. It didn't seem like he really wanted to answer it, nor was he exactly sure of what the injury even was. So it sounded a little weird, but they did chalk it up to uh, being precautionary and and it being a legitimate injury. But you can decide for yourself. Here's Coach Johnson on Jota Bolden's injury and not returning to the game.
1: Uh, Joe has been, uh, his, uh, flex, I think it's just something like that. has been bothering heaven, so we're very cautious that anything like that happens. We don't uh, you know. Anytime he feels it, or even our medical staff sees him running away, they don't like it. That so that's something we just
0: So, going back to Mariel Shayok for a minute to get back on a positive note, Shayok after scoring 29 in this one, maintains his second. Ranking in the G League and scoring, he is up to 25.1 points per game. Shayok was recently asked about his goals for an NBA on the cusp series, and here's what Shayok had to say about his goals. Right now, I'm just really taking advantage of the opportunity, the minutes, and just the style of play. I've really just been trying to dominate every night and show that I'm different from the pack and that I definitely belong here in the most humble way possible. I want to be a professional scorer and a professional NBA player so I'm going to continue to get better and work on my game every single day. I'll be playing in the NBA, having a big role, and hopefully helping the team win as many games as possible, helping the team win a championship. There's been a lot of talk on whether Shayok could be brought up to the Sixers even as early as this season and be a contributor. And in my early watching of him, I definitely preached patience to Sixers fans who many were really just seeing his points-per-game averages and thinking that we needed scoring, which is justifiable. But seeing him now over a dozen games played in the G League, and the way that he can just hit shots from anywhere when he's covered, a lot of times the G League is knocked for defense, but a hand in your face is pretty much a hand in your face. And I've seen Shayok hit insanely contested shots from three, from long twos. He just has such a feel, such a rhythm the athleticism will clearly not be as... He won't have the athletic advantage like he does over a lot of guys in the G League, but he can get his shot from anywhere. He wouldn't be a starter. He wouldn't even be the eighth guy, but just for small stints, just as an extra shooter, it may not be crazy to think about the idea of him being a legitimate contributor to this team, even as recent as you know maybe come February or March. It remains to be seen if they'll do that. I think they do view him as a long-term piece, much like they kind of use Zaire as a guy that they want to build, as a guy that they can keep under team control at a very reasonable salary and hopefully grow into an actual rotation player. So maybe they don't want to jeopardize that by bringing him up. But I'm definitely much closer to the idea of him maybe getting some run than I was even a few weeks ago. So the Blue Coats right now are 10-7. and That's fourth in the East for the G League. And as far as where you can see the blue coats coming up, they play Tuesday, December 31st at noon, because that's New Year's Eve. You can watch that game on ESPN Plus if you have that. They will be in Portland taking on the main Red Claws. And if you're trying to get back down to the 76ers Fieldhouse, which if you saw any of the social media from all of the rights of Ricky Sanchez people that were in there last night for two way night. You can tell that it's a great time. It's a fun atmosphere. They will be back at the field house on Saturday, January 4th for some afternoon basketball at 1 PM as they take on the long Island nets. And if you can't get down there, you can watch that game on Twitch. That's going to be all for us. Appreciate everybody listening again. My name is Dan Morgan your host, and appreciate everybody for listening. You can find all things Brew Coats and Process Potables at www.processpotables.com. Please make sure that you subscribe, give us that five-star rating, and leave a review if you would be so kind. Thanks, everybody. Cheers, and trust the podcast.